Welcome to episode number 12 of the Raw Food Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jane, the Rawtarian, and in this episode, we're going to be talking all about raw desserts. Stay tuned, and I'll be back with you shortly. Thank you for joining me on this, the 12th episode of the Raw Food Podcast. I'm very excited about today's episode. And you should be too because it's all about the sweet, delicious, wonderful raw food dessert. So the specific topic actually that I'm going to talk about really is the top five types of raw desserts. And I'm going to tell you about the five types in just a second. But I'll give you a little bit of context and why I've decided to record this episode now. It's essentially that... um, As you probably know, I have a couple of different products that I sell on my website, but I have never really released just a basic um, recipe book. So I thought, what better topic to start with than my um, favorite, most delicious topic, which is desserts. So I've been working very hard on a recipe book that will be digital. Um, It's just going to start out as a digital ebook, and it's actually going to be coming out in just a couple of days, and I'm super excited about it. But because I've been working hard on this book for the past couple of months, I've actually been trying out a lot of different recipes, um, dessert recipes, I mean, of course. And that's really where my head has been at lately is in the sweets. So it really makes sense for me to be um, talking about this subject. So essentially the five top types of desserts that I've identified, and it's not so much that these are the five most popular, it's that really all desserts could be categorized into these five categories. And I think why it's important to think about desserts in terms of these categories is because we all use desserts at different times, even in the day, for example, or for different settings that require a different amount of time and energy. So you've got the really super quick desserts or the really complicated desserts that are really meant to impress. So there's different types of preparation that kind of go hand in hand with when you want to make these recipes. So first I'm just going to go over the five types of desserts and then I'm going to go into each one in depth and talk a little bit about the type, when it's good to use it, a couple of key recipes within the types and that sort of thing. So the five types that I'm going to talk about, the first one is frozen desserts. The second one is a large category and actually my favorite type. I've lumped together cakes, brownies, and bars and that's really just the refrigerated type. So I'm going to talk a lot about that category. The third type is puddings. The fourth type would be desserts that have to be dehydrated. And interestingly enough, I do have a dehydrator and I dehydrate it quite a bit, but I don't dehydrate a lot of sweets. I've actually found that for me, and I'll go into this more when I get to that category, but it's actually the savory, so the non-sweet stuff that I really feel like I need to have a dehydrate dehydrator, but I actually make very, very few desserts in the dehydrator, which is actually quite surprising, I found, because when I was compiling the recipes for my book, I 
first of all, I knew that a lot of you guys do not even own a dehydrator, so I didn't want to have many dehydrator recipes in there. But when I was doing all the research for this, I realized that even when I'm preparing stuff, I really do not make many desserts in the dehydrator. I make a lot of savory foods like veggie burgers, crackers, breads, things like that in the dehydrator, but very few desserts. I found that quite fascinating, but I will talk about some dehydrated desserts. And the last category or type of raw food dessert that I'm going to talk about today is the, I've given it a strange name in my handwritten chicken scratch notes here. I call it the two, three, four steppers desserts. And these are the desserts that being the simple kind of lazy gal that I am, I don't like these desserts. When I look at the recipe for some of these existing desserts out there, they're the desserts that might take, you have to use your blender, you have to use your food processor, you have to freeze it, you have to do all these different steps to end up with a dessert. Now, in most cases, these are the very fancy, beautiful, um, complex desserts that have really have an amazing wow factor, but they're not necessarily practical for the everyday person. First of all, they're overwhelming to look at when you look at a recipe and they can take a lot more time because there are so many steps. So that's going to be the last category that I'm going to talk about. So I might as well go ahead and jump into that first category of frozen desserts. It is summer. It is nice and hot and humid where I am here in the east coast of Canada. It's the one time of year where we really do get to swim and have all that beautiful summertime living. So I've really been enjoying some frozen desserts lately. Now, I really think that there are sort of three types of frozen desserts, frozen raw food desserts. And you've, of course, have the concept of ice cream or frozen yogurt or sorbet or sherbet, sherbet or whichever you like to call it. But basically, you've got the ice cream. You also have a lot of candies. Candy is one of the things that's very difficult to make a raw food version of, but you can frequently get a nice frozen fudge or um, some frozen candy. I have some caramel in my um, dessert book, actually, a little caramel frozen candy that is really, it's because it's really hard to get something, not to be punny with a pun, but it's hard to get something that is hard. So Frozen candies are something that is often used as a frozen dessert. And then you have your frozen cakes. So I have a fabulous cheesecake recipe that has to be frozen. Um, and then you have more complex layered cakes that are essentially ice cream cakes. So those are some of the frozen desserts. Now, one of my favorite things in there that is so easy is basically frozen soft serve. And I do explain that in my new recipe book, but essentially all it is, is your, there's different recipes for this, but the ones that I love are you just freeze your fruit. You can add other things. A lot of people might make it more complicated and use um, young Thai coconut meat that has been frozen or a lot of cashews and creamy nuts and that kind of thing. But I just love to use frozen bananas and a bunch of other ingredients to make it more ice cream-ish in terms of flavoring like mint or cocoa powder or cacao nibs and that sort of thing. 
But essentially all you're doing is taking your frozen ingredients, processing, processing them in a food processor, and just getting them to the right texture and consistency that is like a sort of a soft serve, creamy, almost fluffy texture. So those I think are really my favorite summer frozen desserts. And that's a category that doesn't require a lot of forward thinking, but you do have to have frozen food in your freezer. So I always recommend people keep frozen bananas in the freezer. There's a variety of, of ways to do that. Um, some people like to froze, freeze them after they've been peeled. Other people like to just freeze them and then take the peel out later. Either way works. Um, but I really think it's a great way to use up those bananas that aren't haven't haven't gone so far that they're kind of getting yucky, but they're you know maybe you have too many bananas in your fruit bowl and you need to freeze them. So it's a great idea to keep frozen fruit in the freezer so that you can make different types of frozen ice cream and soft serve. So that's the first category of raw food desserts that are really fun to make. The second category is probably the one I'm going to talk about the most and that's really just these no-bake, um, you know, brownies, cakes, and bars. These are squares, these are brownies or cakes, things that are really have one step unless you want to ice them. These are usually assembled and created in the food processor. This would be brownies, this would be lemon bars, this would be um, you know, a, a wide variety of different squares. You have kind of chocolate mint flavors and all different kinds of cakes, chocolate cake, white cake. And really they all are so similar in that you're going to prepare them, like throw everything in the food processor, process them up, dump the mixture down into a pan or a dish and just press it down really firmly with your hands or, um, yeah, for simplicity's sake, we'll just talk about the hands, press it down with your hands, pop that in the refrigerator, and you're done. This is a type of recipe that I make most frequently. Um, this is what I would argue is the easiest type of recipe, of raw food recipe, dessert recipe. That's a long mouthful. Raw food dessert recipe. <laughs> but they're just so easy, right? You don't have to think much about them and they're pretty much instant. Frequently, the act of refrigerating it will simply firm it up and allow it to be to slice easier and allow it to um, be easier to handle and keep its shape better. But usually you don't have to wait for it to be refrigerated, especially if you know, you don't care too much about presentation. You've just got, um, you know, a hungry husband or something like that who just would really love a sweet dessert. So that category of the cakes, brownies, and bars is by far, I feel that it's the most useful category for the, for the real person, you know, who doesn't really have time to make a 10-step strawberry cheesecake fluff ice cream topping you know craziness that is delicious but not really practical for the everyday so 
I think it's just some simple examples of that would be, like I mentioned before, brownies and lemon bars. And I have kind of a nice granola bar recipe too, actually, that I don't think has made it into the book, but is really just easy to prepare and tastes great. So that's the second category. And by far, I would say that's the category that I dip into the most because I find them very easy to prepare. You know, seven to 10 minutes, including cleanup, and they're ready to go. So that to me is something quick and easy. I don't always ice my cakes, brownies, and bars. Um, usually, I f- if I'm wanting something quick, I will make the base like a, a brownie or a lemon bar or whatever else. And I usually just will get that done and usually have a slice of it and that's usually it. But if I do want to go that next step of making an icing, I will. But I definitely don't always do that. And and for me, it's more about time. Of course, I would love to have it iced, but I don't always, you know, make it that much of a priority for myself. So the third type of delicious raw food dessert that I want to talk about today is the concept of pudding. There are many ways which you can make a raw food pudding and essentially what you're doing is creating a runny smoothie in your blender. So you're processing maybe some fruits and nuts and a few other things in your blender and then you're going to add a thickener which takes a, a runny smoothie and thickens it up usually during refrigeration and then you have a delicious pudding. So there, that is a common way to make it. And another way though, which I have this recipe in my upcoming dessert book, is to actually not necessarily require a thickener, but just make the pudding thicker in your blender. So, and usually you're going to combine something sweet in this case uh, and combine it with something creamy. And generally that creaminess is achieved either using a creamy nut, cashew, macadamia nut, or pine nut, usually cashew. So you combine that, um, sorry, I think I'm trying to tell you about the creaminess. So either you do it with the nuts or you can do it with another creamy fruit, like a vegetable, like the avocado. And I think there's another creamy fruit that I don't get here in the east coast of Canada very often. Someone maybe could write in and remind me what it is. I think it is durian maybe or something that is like super creamy. I can't even remember what it is. I have never had durian but I know a lot of people use that as well. And another excellent way to creamify it is using the inside scoops of a young Thai coconut. Um, And that's really great too. I haven't really been in the habit of using young Thai coconut for puddings, mostly because I find it very expensive in the area where I live to buy a young Thai coconut. And when I do buy it, I can't rationalize just making pudding out of it. I want to eat it as is. Um, But that is definitely another way to mimic that creamy texture. And so without using a thickener, I should say. So just to recap, because I feel that that maybe wasn't as clear as I wanted it to be. Basically, you've got two ways. You make a pudding right in your blender with some creamy kind of thick 
fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, or you make it runnier in your blender, add a thickener, refrigerate, and then you've got putting out the other side of it. So in terms of what type of thickener you can use to make your pudding thicker, the main one that I use is the chia seed. Um, I use it a lot. I find the flavor is really great in the sense that it's very mild, so you can't even really taste it. And I find it just really easy to use. A lot of other people will use Irish moss. I have actually never gone that route. I find um, I'm kind of happy doing my thing with the chia seeds, but I know a lot of people use it. I just have never, I have to order it from a specialty store online and I haven't done it yet, but I do know that's a common thing to do. So really that's the essence of a pudding. Um, I do love a pudding. I find maybe one of the main reasons why I don't make as many puddings as I used to is when I make a cake or a brownie, I find maybe takes, you know, let's say 15 minutes and then it really lasts me for a long time. Like it might last, I don't have any children, so it's just my husband and myself and it might last, you know, for five days with us having it, you know, after dinner and it lasts for a long time. Whereas with the pudding for me, I find it so hard to resist a pudding. So it might also take me 15 minutes to make pudding or 10 or whatever it is. But then it doesn't last as long because I can't help myself. I just eat the whole thing or we split it after dinner and then it's gone. So I feel that perhaps I don't make them as often as I could because they don't last as long. Um, not that they don't store in the fridge, but just because the portion sizes are, um, you know, smaller like I can't eat a huge half a brownie after dinner whereas I can eat half a batch of pudding so I think that's a really nice option to have a creamy pudding especially if you just want that creaminess factor you can make so many delicious flavorings of pudding of course you can make awesome chocolate ones I love vanilla and a creamy white kind of pudding so I have a lot of those different flavors also you know orange pudding or raspberry pudding, strawberry, blueberry, so many great options there in terms of raw food desserts. I do love a good pudding and when I first went raw I used to actually have a lot of pudding but somehow I've gotten out of the habit of it. Um, made some really fun puddings, experimenting some successful some not during my um, dessert book research but essentially I think it is a nice type of recipe to have in your raw food dessert arsenal. The next category is talking about dehydration. Now I know a lot of you don't have dehydrators so I won't spend too much time on this. And as I mentioned I believe in the intro I find I don't actually dehydrate that frequently when it comes to desserts. I certainly have made um, nice sweet crepes. You can get that recipe for free on my website. And I've made different cookies that are need dehydration. I certainly, really the only thing I use a dehydrator for when it comes to desserts really is moist cakes that need to be dehydrated. And usually that's simply because they use very moist fruits or vegetables. Case in point, I so wanted to include a carrot cake recipe and a zucchini recipe in zucchini bread or zucchini cake recipe rather in my upcoming recipe book. 
And I struggled with the ingredients in the sense of not wanting to have to make you guys dehydrated. I thought, gosh, why can't I just create this cake that tastes amazing and uses uh, a lot of carrot or zucchini and doesn't need to be dehydrated? It was really annoying me. I made numerous batches thinking that I could crack the code. And I made some okay ones that didn't need to be dehydrated, but basically those types of really spongy, moist kind of desserts, like a carrot cake, like a zucchini bread, like a banana bread, they have to be dehydrated. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's not going to be that great. So I actually ended up, I had them all slated in there for my book, but I took them out and I do have those recipes for free, the um, carrot, zucchini, and banana bread on my website at therawtarian.com, but they do require dehydrating. So I think overall, in terms of dehydrating, um, when it comes to making your raw desserts, I don't really dehydrate that often. I feel like I am using my dehydrator a lot these days for savory things. I love to make chips, crackers, veggie burgers. I've been making them a lot. I think the last episode that I released was about veggie burgers. I have been really just enjoying them. But for me, dehydrating is all about savory. And it's not so much about sweet. I really feel satisfied with all of the different sweets that I can make without a dehydrator. So that's really all I'll say about that. Um, but it is nice to have the option to dehydrate, but you certainly don't need it to make a whole variety of beautiful raw food desserts. Oh my gosh, I'm just whipping through this list. This is the last item, which I had been calling the two, three, four steppers. These are recipes like, um, I don't make a lot of them, but I certainly, I enjoy reading other people's cookbooks and musing about raw food. And I see a lot of, you know, um, strawberry shortcake with like four layers and it would layer, um, you know, some cake and some maybe lemon icing and another layer of cake and some strawberry icing and another layer of cake and more, a different type of icing over top sprinkled with homemade um, chocolate bars, the chunks, you know, all chopped up that you've made also. These are the complicated recipes. Certainly they have their place. If you are really wanting to impress maybe somebody who's skeptical about raw food and you want to give them a real treat, these are amazing. I really don't make a lot of these. My husband actually, for my birthday every year, he tends to make me something really beautiful that I just wouldn't take the time to make myself for a dessert. Um, but overall, uh, you've got really cakes combined with icing and sauce and a lot of different steps. So it's really a case of assembling simple recipes and assembling them one on top of the other and perhaps making different batches of flavorings of icing. So I think there was something else I wanted to say about that. What was it? I wish I had a sidekick who could keep me on track. That would be fun if I had a co-host. <laughs> but essentially, the complicated recipes, I find they have their place, but I do them literally very rarely, like three times a year, perhaps. But actually, one thing that I've gotten into the habit of, and this was what I wanted to mention, was the concept of perfect parfaits. And I go into this a little bit in my recipe book that's 
coming out soon. But essentially, as you probably know, a parfait, picture it in your mind. It's a tall, clear glass with starting out at the very bottom, you have a couple of inches of fresh raspberries. You have a layer of creamy white cashew-based vanilla, kind of whipped cream creaminess. The next thing you have is a layer of fresh blueberries, maybe um, this, you know, more of that vanilla. And then on top of that, this is all within your glass and you can see the layers. It's a parfait. On top of that, you have maybe a leftover candy from your freezer that you made you know, three months ago and has been sitting there because you're sick of the flavor. And you've got that and you kind of smashed it up a little bit and sprinkled that in for some different texture. You've got maybe, you know, you can see what I'm getting at. The fancy dessert that I'm really into lately and I never ever write the recipe down or it's really all about using up your dessert leftovers and combining them in a beautiful glass eating that with a spoon and combining it with fruit usually fresh berries chopped pineapple things like that whatever you have on hand and i really don't like i mean i easily could have added like 25 parfait recipes to my recipe book but i think that when you are eating such beautiful food like fresh fruit and using up some it could be anything, right? Like to crumb, like a perfect parfait. I really go into this in my book. Is that you have fruit, some beautiful fruit, possibly sliced banana if you're boring, and or if you're cheap like me. But usually, beautiful berries or pineapple, fresh pineapple chopped up nice, and a combination of those. So you've got your fruit, fresh fruit. You've got your creamy. This could be a whipped cream recipe, an old chocolate icing recipe, some pudding that's left over and maybe thickened up a little bit more than you would normally make it just by adding, who knows, um, what would I add? If the pudding was too runny in my parfait, I would add ground chia seeds and just mix that up and let that sit for 10 minutes to thicken it up a bit. And then you also want to have a chunky texture in your parfait. So it's all about the texture and the layering. So I don't want to get into telling you exactly what you should put in each parfait because that's just silly. I think you know that when you have a leftover this and that and some nice fruit, you can make a beautiful parfait and the presentation is glorious. And you always want to end on top with your layer of icing or whipped cream. Yes, I have a raw whipped cream recipe or something like that on the top and then with a tiny sprinkle of either your crunchy or a little bit more of that fruit just as a garnish and maybe some mint or something like that and truly those if you have some stuff kicking around that are leftovers like a pudding icing whatever it's beautiful and I love parfaits so that's something that I have been using which it is kind of like a two three four stepper but it's really about using up the leftovers in a beautiful presentation so I think if you haven't made a parfait or if you don't own nice parfait cups I think it's a great investment because I used to make a lot of 
what you could call a parfait in like a big cereal bowl that was just all dumped together and that it really left something to be desired and it certainly wouldn't have been something I would serve to a guest. I have served to a guest like that, but it just didn't have a wow factor. But I think when you're layering it in a tall glass, these don't have to be expensive glasses. Frequently you can get these even at those dollar stores, just tall and see-through or even a drinking glass you could use, you know, a tall clear one. Um, yes, so for that, I think the presentation is really important, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And I don't like to write those really, those recipes down. I like to provide you with, okay, I've got a nice, um, like one thing I've been enjoying in my parfaits lately is the orange icing recipe that is in my book. And it's just such a beautiful orange flavor and I just absolutely love it and it um, is good. <laughs> so I think if you just combine any of these sort of icings or puddings into this three layer effect with your fresh fruit, your creamy and your crunchy, then you're all set to go with your perfect parfaits. So those are my top five types of Rafu desserts. We started with frozen. Then we went into the cakes, brownies, and bars, which are the easiest, fastest, and usually they don't require any freezing or um, dehydrating or anything like that. Then we talked about puddings. That was number three. The fourth one was talking about dehydration. And the fifth was the two, three, four steppers in, in which I just began telling you about my obsession with parfaits. So um, I really thank you so much for joining me here. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'm sure it has you smacking your lips and wanting some desserts. I know it has been doing that for me. And I'd love to see you over at my website, therawtarian.com. Thank you all so much for your feedback. In the last episode, I asked you for some great um, ideas and I got a couple. I've got them on my post-it note right here. It says podcast, kelp noodles. I think, I hope I'm reading my handwriting right. It was Emma Hagen. I would like to probably talk about that in some future episode. And also um, Mary Sarah Brady had a great suggestion about how to travel raw. And I will hope to cover those two topics sometime soon. In the meantime, I really appreciate you being here. And just a shout out too. Um, I know I provide a lot of this stuff for free and I love doing it and it allows me to reach so many of you. And I really I'm so blessed to be able to be doing this. For those of you who have ever bought my ebooks or my raw food diet plan or my raw dehydrating 101 or raw food A to Z, thank you so much. Your purchases have really helped me a lot in terms of being able to dedicate time to this project, which is such a big part of who I have become now. And it's just really, really important to me. So thank you so much. And if you're not able to purchase anything in the past or at my new dessert book coming out I totally get that you have no idea how much I get that and your support and your being here is equally and probably even more important because what's happening is you guys are the one who are there ones who are there helping me to improve the recipes get the word out there by sharing stuff on Facebook and just not only about raw food but about health in general and trying to make our communities better I know that you know it's can be really frustrating and I can't remember if I've recorded a podcast about this in the sense of how we want to help other people too not just not just me but you too probably listen to this if you if you've been touched by um you know raw food in the sense of how much it has improved 
your life. It's hard to, to not want to be like, hey, you need to do this. But we really have to be careful about how we're sharing that information. But I know all of you are out there doing really amazing work in your own communities in the sense of spreading just the concept of health and nutrition and you know why we really do need to be eating more fruits and vegetables. I know some people think we're crazy, but really no doctor would disagree with the fact that everybody needs to be eating more fruit and vegetables in the raw, unprocessed state. So I know I'm going off on a tangent, but again, I just want to sum up by saying thank you so much for joining me here. I'm really happy to have you here. My dessert book is coming out soon. You can get that at therawtarian.com slash store. Any support you can give me, whether it's buying the book or just hanging out on Facebook, saying hi, spreading the word. Thank you for being with me and um, take care. You have been listening to the Raw Food Podcast with your host, The Raw Tarian. Be sure to visit me at therawtarian.com where you can browse over 100 of my absolute favorite simple, satisfying, raw vegan recipes that you'll find pretty quick to make and with just a few ingredients and that taste amazing. While you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. And once you've signed up for that, you'll automatically get a PDF copy of 11 of my most favorite, most satisfying, most delicious recipes, including raw vegan alfredo sauce, raw brownies, and a whole host of other delicious recipes that you can make at home that are raw and taste amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope to hear from you very soon. And until next time, enjoy your raw adventure.